0: Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, it. i your A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Daniel, welcome to the cave. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have a, a good and exciting chat cover the waterfront. Yeah, there you go.
1: You like if listeners and viewers that tune into this interview. They can see you as Colby, Yellowstone. Season 5 is right around the corner. What a great series. My, for me, it's my favorite show on TV. Uh,
0: I mean, look, it's a... The show is... It's really kind of like just become its own thing like it's so interesting you know from where we thought it was going to be to where it's gone and it's really due to like this the amazing support that we've had from so many you know fans and new fans and um yes the new season comes out was it sunday november 13th uh, season five um we're really really excited about this season um a lot of new kind of twists and turns and a lot of cowboying a lot of cowboying this season which is really exciting most people always think like there's a lot of cowboying in the other seasons until you see this season you're like oh there's a lot of cowboy uh, so no i'm I, we're really excited i'm you know glad that it's been uh received in the way that it has been
1: yeah. we're gonna jump more into the show in a little bit but before we uh... We get into that like i want to know a little bit more about you i've been like i was doing some research and everything you've done a little bit of everything you sing music theater behind the scenes it's like how did you get involved with this how, what made you go get into uh, the industry
0: it, you know when i was younger it started with um it was an opportunity to get out of class early um okay. you know, that was like really how it, it started but i i first started performing when i was five um and i started singing and i just like love i had originally just loved the attention that i got from like being able to be on stage and then um as i got older i just i never felt like at home anywhere else um and i just always knew that i was like I, i'm gonna be an artist and so i kind of probably like started sabotaging myself through school <laughs> so that it like every road had to lead to me having to be an artist um and so yeah so i did a lot of musical theater a lot of theater and then you know, did some commercials, and that was kind of like my thing for a while. And then you know, a couple, uh, several years of dry spells, uh, and then you know, things started picking up. Um, you know, in the last like five or six years, so it's been a it's been a really exciting journey and a, a challenging process, but you know, very rewarding.
1: Was the goal always TV and film, or was it always, maybe th- stick with theater and music at first?
0: Yeah, you know, at first it was. You know, I I always it's really interesting. I. I've always watched obviously television and film and desire to, to do it, but Mm. I didn't have like a passion for it early on. Like I really had a passion for theater. I, all I would do was sit around and watch theater all day. I would sit in my room and go on YouTube for eight, nine, 10 hours. I would watch, there was this thing that was like, used to be on PBS that's called like greatest performances. And it would start at like, 11 p.m. and run till like eight in the morning. It would just be all of these archive performances from all over the world. And I would sit there and just watch PBS and all these different specials from ballet to opera to jazz, you name it. And so that was kind of my passion. And then probably um, in my early 20s, when I realized this is really exciting. Theater is so great. But like this is really hard to like make any type of living on. We might have to take a bigger swing. And then that's kind of was my transition mm-hmm. to I think I want to give this television and film thing a a try. Um, You know, I thought I could just flip a switch and uh, then, no, it doesn't work that way. But uh, nonetheless.
1: (laughs) How do you transition going from theater into TV and film? Because this is a big difference.
0: Yeah, it's a massive difference, you know. And um, the biggest thing to me is about being able to be small. You know, when you're doing stage you know, they always tell you project to the back of the room, you know, the, so that the last person in the in the worst seat in the house has to be able to hear you. So all of your gestures and your mannerisms and your voice is so big and my voice is already kind of naturally because it's lower. It's very resonant. And mm-hmm. so and then so imagine people training me and that's all I'm doing for years. So then when I remember when I went into my first commercial audition And they, I don't remember what it was for, it was like Tide or something like that. And they're like, okay, um, the Tide box is, you know, on the shelf and you have to, you know, go after the Tide box, whatever it was. And so I walked in and I remember they're like, okay, action. And I'm like looking up and I'm like trying to get the Tide box. And he's like, okay, stop. What are you, what are you doing? I was like, the Tide box is behind me. And he's like, okay, well, let's try this again. So I do the same thing, you know, doing the whole thing. He was like, okay. Um, so you, you're not gonna get this, obviously. So I'm just gonna give you a kind of like a note. You know, um, in television, when we say like behind you, it's literally you just look up this way and then it's, there it is. And then you then you oh. would be for it. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be hard. And so it's just about being able to bring it in to fit this small little camera, this little frame. Um, and then it's also trusting your eyes, right? Like you have to trust your eyes, and you have to come from a place. In theater, you can come from a place, but you can kind of overcompensate for some things. So um, yeah, it was a it was a giant process, and trust me, it was, took me about seven years to figure that out.
1: What is Denim afraid of? Is he afraid of forgetting a line in theater? Or forgetting a line during TV and film recordings.
0: Um. I mean, you much prefer to forget a line in television because you just pick it up again and then they just edit it. Um, You know, in theater, you know, there is, you can't just like carry your sides with you. Sides are like, for people that don't know, like what we have, so you have like a script and then every day that you're filming, they give you like sides, which is like all of the things that you're doing just for that day. And this little pamphlet, so you can just stick it in your pocket. So for that, it's like you could just be reading it and then put it in. But you're, if you're on stage in theater, you can't just pull out the script and start going over it. So it's much more nerve wracking to forget a, a line in theater um, because then you just have egg on your face. And the, in television film, you just go back and do it again. Mm, that's right.
1: Throughout your career, like, is there anybody you look up to that you kind of try to like, like study yourself, model yourself after? just a- make your craft better
0: yeah i mean there's i mean the, the the rolodex of people that i watch is is vast you know i watch you know people like forest whitaker meryl streep you know denzel you know viola uh, you know i, I watch uh, many but um philip seymour hoffman um you know because of what they're so uh excellent at is the mannerisms of things and The being able to just do one thing and not one thing mean everything they they're able to take like what you're doing with the pen right now they're able to take that and make that so interesting and they're not talking. But watching them play with something is far more interesting than the person that's talking, so I would so as somebody that was growing up in theater I never trusted myself to be able to make do something so small and that the audience would catch that because you're trained to think like if i'm holding a pen like this nobody in the back is going to be able to see me twirling a pen right. but in film so it, it's just it's allowed me to be more comfortable but watching them be so successful at what they do has made me want to continue to kind of like study mannerisms and the psychology of a, you know a character what's your goal is
1: there a certain goal you want to hit someday or even like a role?
0: um the the, well the goal is always just to be a a working actor right like that you never had to um you know you never had to worry about you know how to keep the lights on and things of that nature but the real goal has always been you just want to be the best you know you want to be the best and when i say the best i mean in the like well respected like you know well respected by people that are doing this craft as well you know that when you know when you're going places or you know, there's directors or executive producers or showrunners, when your name is brought up, that they're like, Yeah, you that's a person that you want to work with, not just because of the talent, but because of the value that he brings off of the set. Um, and so that's something that you know I'm an active pursuit and that's something like an athlete. I train like an athlete because I was grew up as an athlete. So that's kind of like my thing is just kind of always trying to pursue um and refine and keep your hands in a lot of different things and learn everything. Um, and that way you have a much greater appreciation about the opportunity that you have at hand. That's
1: awesome. So let's jump into Yellowstone. We waited a while for this chat. We know, like I said, we're about almost a month away, less than a month now. Season five. I want to hear, like, do you remember your audition and what you were going in for?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I always, it was fun. I was just doing an interview yesterday and we we talked like 40 minutes about that. Um, my, yeah, the audition was so interesting because I was doing a film called um, Chickasaw Rancher, which is out on Netflix. And um, this was like, was this, 2017? And Tommy Flanagan, who's on Sons of Anarchy, he had told me about you know his best friend, John Linson, um, was executive producing and getting ready and creating this new show along with Taylor Sheridan. Um, and Kevin Costner had signed on to be an executive producer. And you really gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta get it get in on this. You know, you'd be great because the Chickasaw Rancher is also a period piece, but it was a Western. And so I called my team and they're like, we don't see any auditions for this. Like, I don't think they're auditioning for it right now. And I was like, well, just keep, you know, keep pounding the pavement. So they did, and finally I got an audition. And then, like, maybe 24 hours later, I was in a producer session, and you know, it was like with Taylor and with uh, um, you know, with John Linson and John Papsideris, because he was the casting director. And then Taylor was on Zoom or it wasn't Zoom. What were we using at that time? Skype? I don't think we had Zoom. I think he was Skyped in. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, he was just telling me about the role. They didn't have anything really written for Colby yet. Like they were still, fi- he was still fleshing out what he was going to be. So I read for another character. Um, and then I was like really concerned because in the character that I was reading for, he dies like in like the third episode. And I was like, Well, this. Taylor was like, no, I was like, you're just reading for him that you have a, a different thing going on. I was like, okay, great. So, um, you know, I went after the producer session. I probably had to wait like six weeks, seven weeks before I heard anything from them. But I was like, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I told my team, don't call me unless it's for Yellowstone until they finally did. Um, and yeah, now, you know, here we are. So it's, it was, a it's been a process, but it's so near and dear to my heart and it really just changed my life
1: so when they called you did they say okay we have a part for you now it's colby
0: and well they told me in the audition that the character's name was colby so they knew okay. in the beginning that it was colby they just didn't yeah. know what he was gonna be and but the one of the great things about it is like taylor allowed us to really kind of build out the characters just based oh, wow. off of the writing in the way that he would write things but he didn't want us to get so stuck with a certain way, like you wanted us to bring some of our our life and personality and especially with the show, you know, it's because it's very physical because of the horse riding of it all and the roping and the branding, you know, the pushing cattle. So there's all these different mannerisms that you can't um, encapsulate when you're sitting in an audition room, right, because nothing can kind of compensate for all of those plus the elements so we start to have like these natural tendencies that we would start to do the way that we would talk when we're on a horse and things of that so he really wanted us to lean into that which then i think allowed him to just be able to write because now when he writes he can hear us talking in the way that we would do it so i think that was kind of a a really awesome thing because he the way of the way that he creates things
1: Mm. so when you booked the role did he send you to the boot camp right away i heard there was a boot camp.
0: There was a boot camp yeah so there's a cowboy camp um that would that so when was this so i think i booked was in july or something of that or june and then yeah so then they said like hey in like eight days um we're going to go to we're doing this boot camp in utah um you know we're gonna do this cowboy camp and it's gonna be all the the cowboys on the show and you know dev's got to be there and i was like oh my gosh this is great but the, so but the caveat that I didn't tell them was I get tremendous elevation sickness like deathly ill from elevation huh. and so when I booked the role and they said yeah we're they're filming in Utah I meet in Park City Utah I immediately had a panic attack because I was like Park City Utah is like 7,000 feet and that's when I start to die is at 7,000 mm-hmm. so we so I, so I went out and I bought like a training mask and would go out and play basketball my training mask all these other things so we go to Cowboy Camp. And I'm so excited to meeting like Luke and Wes and Cole and Jeff and everybody. And, you know, I'm like, okay, we're riding horses. We're talking and chit chatting. And like halfway through the ride, I start to get sick. Like I start to feel the elevation kicking in. Mm-hmm. So maybe later that evening, I'm throwing up. I'm deathly ill at this point. I can't do anything. I'm just laying in a tent for like two days or whatever. And then I was like, guys, I got to tap out. Like I can't do it. And I was so afraid of being fired. And so as they're taking me back down to like an elevation that I could handle, they're like, hey, um, Taylor wants to, Taylor wants to see you. And this is the first mm-hmm. time I've ever met Taylor um, was like on a time where I've now quit on something that we're supposed to do. And I just got hired. You know, and he walks into the room and I was so nervous because I was like, dude, this sucks. Um, he walked in, was like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, it's just um, you know, I didn't have enough time to adjust the elevation, this, that, and the third. But I was like, I promise you I'll be okay. Like, I pro I promise you I'll be okay. He was like, okay, it's fine. Um, and so, yeah, so that was the whole, that was the whole thing, but cowboy camp was great except for the me being shriveled up in a a blanket throwing up. Mm.
1: Right. What do you you think was the biggest challenge or like biggest skill
0: to learn? Uh, I think the biggest skill to learn was probably just, um, I think the, the skill is probably like the cattle pushing, right? I think it's, Mm. You know, you're in these elements because, you know, it's different, you know, when you're on a horse and a lot of people, they they do this for a living, right? A lot of so many of our amazing viewers and fans, this is what they do. But oftentimes what ends up happening is like they'll be like, oh, yeah, we push cattle. And so we're on horses pushing cattle, but we're also in the elements. And then we're with a crew of like 200 people, right? So there's cameras and they're this close. And so you, and you still have to be very specific. So the cattle still have to be pushed in a certain direction and the horses still have to sit because you have all these camera angles. And that really is a kind of a... It, it's a synchronized kind of situation right because you got to mm-hmm. be able to get the cows to be pushing away the horses to be able to sit still actors got to be able to get their lines camera movements have to be good the elements have to be right so there's just a lot of moving pieces that a lot of people don't think about um but i think that you know now so many of the actors are like expert level at doing it so most people just think like oh like it's this is easy anybody can do it. And it's like uh it ain't that easy but you know it's we've had such great training we have the best wranglers and trainers in the world so I think now we probably think it's very easy but you know in the beginning it was pretty challenging
1: (laughs) are we ever going to get a story or a background story of like how do your character end up in the ranch
0: yeah I think that's gonna I think it's gonna come at some point um I've had some conversations um you know about that already and i think that that's probably something in the pipe you know here's the the great thing about taylor and the way that he writes is he can introduce things and then he can move away from it and pump up something else and then when he's kind of done pumping that up he can go back and revert to another situation and Mm -hmm. i think that's the beauty about this type of a show is there is no pressure to try to move it quickly Right, like sometimes there's things that are happening, boom, boom, boom. But then sometimes it's just the beauty of the world and the story. And I think that that's been, there's been certain themes in every season. And I think like after about season or start of season three, I think it was the theme of like wanting the audiences to really feel like they get to connect with the characters and with what they're seeing. So that when the characters are going through adversity, the audience feels like they're going through the adversity with the characters.
1: What do you love now about Colby?
0: Well, man, you know I like I love Kobe because he's just down for anything. Like yeah. he he's very opposite of me in that regard. Like I'm very like, how are we getting there? Where are we staying when we get there? Who's gonna pick us up? Like I'm very much like that, and I kind of I ruin a lot of experiences because of that. But Kobe's just like, okay, if you want to go do this, like let's just do it. Like whatever. Yeah. Like if we're here, we're here, and I think that from bar fights to you know to cattle pushing right. to heat, to water to anything like even you know what we had in season three with um with teeter jen landon you know when she's going skinny dipping in the river it's like that's yeah. not even what colby does like but he's just like f it you know we're here let's just do it and we'll okay. just see what happens and of course he he says that and then ends up floating at the top of the river but right. nonetheless that's his personality and so i really appreciate that kind of just go with the flow attitude
1: Mm -hmm. we see you know and i think i believe it was the last season where uh because you have a musical background are we going to see you sing as brian sings and plays the guitar people are asking me to ask you are we going to see you or hear you sing
0: look we have so many artists on on this thing like it was funny like earlier this year so we have some new guest artists that are coming on uh to the show i don't know if i can say their name yet so that's why i'm not saying but we have um so many like new like very big artists that are coming on in the show um and so they sing ryan bingham sings luke Grimes sings kevin sings right so i'm like at a certain point this is just going to turn into yellowstone the musical so like i don't think i need to so i, I it's unlikely that you'll ever see colby um you know singing uh yeah because i just don't i don't know that they i don't know that they need me to do that
1: <laughs> That's right. you mentioned teeter uh played by jen landon uh how do you describe it that relationship between you two?
0: You know, it's, uh, you know, Jen is great. She's such a, she's such, she's so much fun to play with. Um, you know, she's so dedicated to Teeter and she's really built that. She's really built Teeter out to being like something that I don't even know that Taylor knew she was going to be like this. Um, you know, but Colby and Teeter's relationship, it's very like. Uh, I feel like they trauma bonded like in the river, like before Kobe was like very much like, don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Like, Mm -hmm. we're just here. Let's do a job. And then I think like after this river situation, they had this trauma that bonded them together. And so as much as Kobe probably doesn't want to admit that he has these, you know, uh, feelings for her, these deep feelings for her. um, He tries to hide that because he doesn't want to admit that to himself. There's definitely a connection um, but it's just, I think it's just so, it's so different than like a, a coal or a, a rip in a, mm. you know, uh, so in a bath. So it's just, it's just a different, we have a, a new, a new take. It's, I would I wouldn't recommend it for anybody to base their relationship off of Colby and Teeter. Um, but you know, it's fun to, to, to be in them and deal with that.
1: Mm. How cold was the water uh, filming that scene?
0: Man, it was very cold. It was like when did we start filming like 10 30 11 o'clock at night it was like September um or whatever and you know and we're like t- that where we in Thousand Peaks Utah um so it was very very cold but you know it was great because uh Stephen K directed um that episode he's one of the executive producers on the show but also directs a lot of the episodes and I remember I was like getting in the water and I'm taking my shirt off in the water getting ready to submerge myself and as I take my shirt off he takes his shirt off and then his AD with him takes his shirt off. And I was like, What are you guys doing? And Steven's mm-hmm. like, I would never ask any of my actors to do something that I'm not willing to do. So he also got in, put the water all over him. And you're just like, So that's just kind of like the vibe of the show. It's kind of like this, like, you know, we know that some of the times that we ask you guys to do things that are really challenging and it can be just emotionally challenging, but also know that like, the crew is right there with them, right? The camera people are right there with you. So it it's hard to complain about the elements or complain about what you're doing because you're so blessed to have that type of job, but also everybody that partakes in the world of Yellowstone that we nobody sees and no one really appreciates, like the camera operators and the, the, the right. PAs, everybody is all in the same elements together. We are just the ones that get to benefit because we're the ones that are on camera. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the bunkhouse scenes, I, I believe some of those are the, some of the best clips on this show, too. Like, it's it's pretty crazy there. You know, you guys are partying, you're fighting, or you're getting ready to go do other things that you can't even talk about. Right, right. What's, yeah. uh, what's been, like, your favorite part of the bunkhouse scenes?
0: You know, the, the bunkhouse scenes are so fun because it's, like, an opportunity where everybody gets to be together. Like, it's, it's really fun, but it can also be very challenging because it has to be very upbeat. Um, But it's so fun, you know, especially like, you know, in this upcoming season, there's a lot more people that come into the bunkhouse um, that you wouldn't expect that would be in the bunkhouse. And so getting to play with them is super exciting as well. And so, you know, it's, it's just an opportunity, you know, because a lot of us, Um, our friends outside of you know of Yellowstone so it's like we will film but then we'll go out to dinner or we'll go hang out or watch a football game or whatever play poker together outside of it so it becomes very easy when we're actually doing these scenes to then just kind of just live the life um because we're already doing it where it's not like we do this scene and then we just go off and don't talk to each other so it's it's always fun it's like you know you're getting paid to play with your friends and Mm -hmm. I think that that you know that shows and comes through like when we're doing these bunkhouse scenes because we really do thoroughly enjoy playing with each other. And when somebody messes up, you know, we laugh and we don't you don't feel the pressure to like be serious, be an actor. It's like, you know, you just laughing like, this dude always messes this line up. Like, oh, you can't get this line right. Like and so and then they, they roll on that, you know. And mm. so a lot of times um, there has been scenes that we just ad-libbed and then Taylor's like, that's getting into the cut. And then we see it. We're like, Oh my gosh, they actually use that take. That's freaking crazy. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's really fun, man. It's like, like I said, it's like play, getting paid to play with your friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite bunkhouse character?
0: Um, My favorite bunkhouse character. I mean, I would probably say right off the bat, I'd probably say is Ryan played by Ian Bowen um, because we spend a, a lot of time together off set and so, and you know, we're, our position in the bunkhouse, we're right next to each other. We share the same bunk, um, oftentimes wherever he goes, I go and vice versa. So, you know, it's just really easy to be able to kind of play with him. Um, you know, we get to, we have certain conversations, like sometimes we'll just be in the middle of a conversation before we start a scene, or we're playing like a side game um, when the regular game is going on. So, you know, he's just really fun to play with, you know, and just, uh, yeah, really stand up guys. So I would probably, I would, I would say him.
1: How about Forty? He's like a real cow, a real cowboy. Does he give you guys any pointers or anything?
0: Yeah, for you know, Forty, you know, who plays Lloyd or Lloyd plays Forty? Who knows which one, which 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 one is which? But nonetheless, um, Forty is great. You know, yeah, he's a real cowboy. The great thing about Forty is you know, the first two seasons, he was like, you know, if you guys need any help. And I remember it was a great compliment, like, you know, season three, season four was like, I don't, there's, you know, you guys, you guys got it. Like, what mm-hmm. else is there for you guys to do? Um, You know, but just occasionally what he will do is like, when we're out doing the bigger work, like the branding or the pushing and things of yeah. like that, he will just kind of consult and be like, hey, if, you know, if we were doing this on this type of ranch, this is how we would do this. And this is how we do that. But, you know, more than anything, hearing his stories of him being like on the rodeo circuit and things of that nature is like absolutely fascinating. Like, it's so insane that you would like, you would think that he was making it up, but it's so extreme that there's no way you can make it up. So Mm. he's just, you know, he's just a phenomenal guy, but you know, he's, he just go, go with the flow and he has fun. Like everybody else does. That's awesome.
1: Now, what do you, uh, I know it's November 13th, what are you hoping for when the fans return to watch this? What are you hoping they get out of this season? And is, is the whole season filmed? Because I heard there's still more episodes you guys have
0: to film. We, what we're doing too. So the great thing is we're doing 16 episodes um, okay. this season. Um, and I think that was a real treat because originally people thought, oh, are they just going to do 10? Are they going to do 14? And then they're like, you know, let's just do 16. So we're doing um, two eight blocks. Um, okay. And so that's really exciting. So that, you know, and it's funny. Uh, I liken the the fans' problem to Yellowstone a lot like the customer problems with Starbucks. I remember it was like in 2008 or nine. I think they, the CEO of Starbucks said like the biggest problem that they had was um, they felt like there weren't enough Starbucks. So they started creating mm. Starbucks on the right side of the road and the left side so people didn't have to make a U-turn to get there. And so one of the biggest things with a lot of the fans for Yellowstone was they just don't like the amount of time that they have to wait for Yellowstone. Mm. Like mm. eight, nine mm. months is like an inordinate amount of time. Um, And so when we, you know, uh, production heard that 101 Studios, Viacom, Paramount heard that and was like, okay, what can we do to be able to help service a better product um, for our great fans? And so they said, look, let's do 16, let's do 16 episodes, break them up until eight and eight. So they get 16 episodes a year. um, And let's just let's do that and see how they respond. So I think season five, you know, you just I, a lot of it is just wanting them to be excited to see these characters continue to grow. You know, because the the fans have grown with us, and the, now the characters are expanding with new responsibilities. You know, with John becoming governor, um, and now his responsibilities with that, and what we're doing with the ranch. You know, what we have. You know, how this all ties in with the four sixes. So there's just so many different uh, narratives and storylines and, and things of that nature. So I think that the audience especially when they come to the, you know, the first episode um, of season five, I think that it's just going to be nostalgia, right? Like to be able to hear the music again and see the opening and then see all the characters that we've all kind of grown to feel like we're a part of. I think that's what I think most fans are going to be excited about. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. I'm one of them. I can't wait for uh, November 13th to roll around. Now, what's next for you now? Any other projects you're allowed to tell us about that you have working? Yeah,
0: or I have a couple of projects that um, that I have going on. Um, I'm doing a lot more like producing um, and development and things of that nature. So, um, in the next couple of weeks, you'll see um, so pro- probably announcements for some other things that I have I'm going. I'm just waiting for the ink to dry. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm really excited, you know. And the great thing about Yellowstone is it's allowed us to be able to really expand our horizons to doing. Um, things that we never thought we would ever do, you know, and that's uh, just a testament to, you know, what Taylor has done for the show and the support that, you know, 101 Studios and Viacom has given, you know, Yellowstone and the fans, you know, we couldn't, we wouldn't even be here, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if it wasn't for the fans, Um, you know, so it's just things like this for me, it's like, I, I, it's still, it's still like, I fan out over it. Like, I get to do a freaking podcast. Like what? Seriously? Like me? Okay, cool. So like, you know, so it's those types of things. So I have a lot more opportunities. You'll be seeing me in a lot, uh, a lot of different places, um, you know, different commercials and things like that that are, you know, coming out as well. So there'll be a lot more denim uh, that that's coming, especially at the tail end of this year and going into the next years. Awesome
1: denim. Let's end this by like, how can the listeners now, the viewers find you on uh, social media?
0: Yeah. Um, so mostly I spend most of my time on Instagram. So it's pretty easy. It's just at Denim Richards. Um, and then my Facebook, I think it's actor at actor Denim Richards. I don't even know if that makes sense, but Denim Richards was unavailable. How does that work? I don't know. Um, and then Twitter's at Denim Richards. So yeah, I spent a lot of time Uh, On my social media, on my Instagram, you know, a lot of like, kind of try to do motivational videos, positive videos, like accountability videos, and things of that nature. So, you know, if that's something that you know the great listeners of this podcast are interested in, please head on over to uh, to at Denim Richards on Instagram and just listen. And also, you'll be able to find a link to my book there, Mastering Your Mind. Um, which is a really great uh, like, kind of accountability and positivity book uh, just to challenge you to be able to kind of take more control over your life. So hit that link and get it. Um, you get it instantaneously. Um, so, yeah, that would be that's also really exciting. So, yeah, hopefully I will engage with you all.
1: It's awesome. Dan. And I want to thank you for coming on. This is a great chat and
0: keep the positivity alive. I love that. I love the way you bring it out. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And thanks for thanks for having me. Hopefully we'll be able to do this again on the B Block. Bye be great let's do it that's a wrap
1: that's a wrap everybody that's a wrap
0: thanks for listening to the man cave chronicles podcast
1: i finally get my man cave you
0: can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at the mcc podcast and our website the
1: until next time